Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. This month, however, uh, I've created a new series. We're calling it Real Estate Retired. And uh, what it's about is people that have actually done this. You know, you talk about people that have done, they, they started this program, they started that program, they did this, they did that. You know, they wholesale, they flip, they did blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it just doesn't work. The bottom line is, I've been here for 34 years and thousands of members have totally retired. Uh, meaning they don't have to go to work anymore. And that's quite a major change in their lives. Today's guest is Mr. John Ridgway. John uh, came to us kicking, stomping, fighting, screaming, clawing. He didn't want to do it. He was tied up in corporate America. He believed he wanted to get out, but he just couldn't let go. And when he did, Boom, it blew up. Now I can't find the guy. He's all over the country. He lives in a motorhome. I don't even know where he's at. But somehow we got him to call in. And with us today is John. We used to call him Lama Ridgeway. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dell. Good morning to you. So, John, you're a perfect example of, you know, the average person out there has got a good corporate America job, except yours was in real estate, which is interesting. And you were vice president of probably the second largest property management company in the country. You had regional control over many, many uh, different cities, and I think they probably made you travel all the time. You probably worked 12 hours a week or 12 hours a day, six days a week type of thing like I did. Uh, all of that, and yet when I tried to bring you across the line, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to pull you across the line, it took a long time to convince you. Why don't you share with people where you're at, what, what kind of job you had, and, and what it was you were leaving and why it was so hard to leave? Indeed. The, you know, as you said, I was a regional vice president for a uh, large national property management company and managed uh, in the apartment management business. I had no ownership uh, control in any of the properties. I was a uh, W-2 employee of the management company. And, you know, my job entailed the, not only the operations of the properties under our care and the supervision of that, but it was also managing, you know, several hundred employees and the administrative nightmares that uh, that you know that, that go along with that. And as you said, I had uh, properties in multiple states, and so there was travel involved. There was. Um, you know, in the office uh, requirements. Obviously, this was way before COVID, so the expectations were that I would be in all the other employees would be at the office uh, behind the desk every day. And so it was, you know, for me, the, um, you know, I think, you know, you know, you know, my story, it was a uh, in about 2004,
before, I realized that a 401k would not get me and my family to the financial freedom that I was looking for. Um, I was working for a great company, had a good salary, I made good money, but it would always be, you know, somewhat paycheck to paycheck, not quite, but, um, you know, somewhat paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, to answer your question specifically, the part for me was the fear of losing the, uh, you know, that security blanket of, hey, I'm going to, you know, my, my, my two-week renewable contract, right? I'm going to get a paycheck here in, <laughs> you know, every two weeks. And yeah. so uh, if I did well, I, you know, I got a check and I got another two weeks out of them. And, you know, and it was, for me, that was the, the biggest fear to overcome. And that's why, you know, kicking, dragging, screaming that for me that made it very difficult to make the leap how many years did you work in the industry john because i want people to relate to the fact that this isn't something that just you, you get a whim one day and you do i mean you were actually in the industry for quite a while weren't you yeah i was i'd been in the apartment management industry for you know approximately 35 years by the time that um, I joined Lifestyles and, uh, you know, and, and started down that path. I was very involved not only in the company that I worked for, but also with the, you know, with the industry associations. I was very active in the, you know, the Houston Apartment Association, the Texas Apartment Association, as well as the National Apartment Association, which, you know, coincidentally, as you know, it was on a National Apartment Association uh, trip to, you know, trip to the nation's capital in Washington, D.C., where you and I first met. Do you remember the story you told before about going to your financial planner and him explaining to you about retirement plan? In my region, in Houston, we had uh, eight meetings in, the, in one day, and then we rotated the employees in and out of those eight meetings, and it was a repetitive meeting. It was, you know, one topic, one presentation, presented eight different times. You know, one of the things that, that came up on on the 401k is that it's okay to make less money when you retire, for example, because your house will be paid off. Then I started, you know, but wait, you know, right now my house payment was only 20% of my income. So it wasn't a, you know, there wasn't going to be this massive savings by having my house paid off. Just trying to live off of a 401k would require working until full retirement age at that, you know, at least, and then possibly even more, and then pray you don't run out of money before you die. And it was a, the, the epiphany for me came that I don't want to live like that, um, you know, for the rest of my life. And working 
you know, in that model of, of income um, for, you know, forever. And so I realized at that point that it was, uh, that that was not the way to go, but I didn't know where to go from there. And so I approached one of the partners at the company I was at um, at that time uh, about, hey, how do I get from the employee slash management side to participation in, um, you know, in, in ownership? Because that's really where I saw the 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 opportunities, you know, the financial opportunities and. You know, his reply was, hey, that pie is already cut, you know, pretty thin. And his wife was not interested in sharing her pie. So, um, you know, there, there really wasn't an opportunity there. And so at that point, I knew that I wanted to change what I was doing, you know, kind of stop doing what I'm doing now. But I didn't know what to replace it with. And that was the difficult part. And frankly, it was probably about two or three years after that epiphany that I just kind of I, I continued to struggle because I knew I wasn't at the place that I wanted to be, but didn't know how to get there. And so and it wasn't until I met you and at that National Apartment Association event um, you and I happened to be paired together. We were doing our, you know, apartment day on Capitol Hill and going to visit various Houston area legislators. And you and I and uh, Melissa got uh, paired together in a in a small group. And so we had the opportunity to spend um, the day together. And as you know, as I got to know you. Uh, better and you know hey w- what do you do you, you began to realize that there was you know that that this might be the the path finally to where i knew i needed to go but didn't know how to get there so john um let me slice this up a little bit differently here for all those people out there in this world that work in a service environment and really, that's what the property management business is. You, you're you're a business B to B service, and then you operate a B to C, you know, B to customer. So for those who don't know what that means, B to B is business to business. You know, some business hires their business to come in and operate their business, and then they come in and operate a business that is a business to customer business, which is the um, uh, leasing of apartment units and managing uh, apartment housing. Now, my question is, John, in if you can help people, this this is just simply to help people out there. Why is it in those industries, when you have a job in those industries, you wanted to have a piece of that company, that's what you're asking your boss for, a piece of that company, when you guys were managing real estate for guys that were millionaires, and they were making millions, and you were in charge of their financial statements, so you you had the inside information because you control the numbers. How do people in these scenarios, like I worked in the health club industry. I, I figured out real quick ago, we're bringing in a hundred thousand dollars a week in memberships. I'm getting paid, you know, 3000 bucks a month. What? Whoa, wait a minute. You know, half a million a month. I bring it in sales. I'm getting paid through grand. I think I'm going to own my own real or my own 
health club, you know, just, but that was the industry I was in. So I thought, okay, that's all I know is how to do health clubs. I'll open a health club, right? Um, didn't work for me. That wasn't what made me rich. But for you, you guys were right there in an industry that I've seen people become, you know, very wealthy doing. Why didn't yourself and the rest of the people that work in the industry see what the people that were owning the deals were actually doing with their money? Can you explain that for not for me, I for everybody else? I've already understood it. Yeah, that is a fantastic observation and question. Uh, Primarily, I worked with institutional clients. And so I never saw the 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 wealth or the you know the value of the real estate the increase in value of the real estate with a personal uh, attachment you know where I can say oh my gosh that guy had just made a million dollars right or you know we just increased the you know their value it was it was more removed than that for me in that a lot of it was like I said, institutional clients. So it was a fund. It was, um, you know, there, there wasn't that personal attachment. And, and frankly, I don't, for myself personally, I did not understand the, the business from that side of it. I didn't view it as that. I know, you know, I mean, I, I knew we were making money. We, I knew the difference between making money and losing money. Um, but the nuances in, of particularly real estate and how wealth is created through real estate, I just, I, I didn't have that knowledge of, of, of exactly how that works. And so that, ignorance kept me and you know held me back for a long time you know it's once you do something and you see something and you know you have success at it all of a sudden you know what do we always say oh i wish i would have done that years before but we're going to go to break john and when we come back we're going to talk about sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be great we'll take a short break be right back with john ridgeway in the Del wamsley radio show to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Stop waiting. Stop sitting around. Stop procrastinating. This is your time. Make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. It's going to crash. It's going to be better next year. It's, I've got to listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me and tell me, you know, I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? <laughs> I go, and you're not rich yet? <laughs> well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. <laughs> Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. 
Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at LifestylesUnlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on my new series I'm running, which is Real Estate Retired, it's John Ridgway. And John uh, is an individual that I saw, actually, uh, as opposed to him finding our, our program and you know, looking into it, whatever. I saw it after him. I met him and sought his uh, involvement. And the reason I did was because he was good at what I didn't want to do, which was property management. And uh, I made a deal with him that if uh, he would come and quit his job, I would, you know, he would start up his own management company. So he'd have a way to create income to get started, sort of a safety blanket to get started. I would buy as many properties as we could manage. And, uh, we would have a you know symbiotic relationship in that situation, but John, something happened, man. It's good to be good, but sometimes it's better to be lucky. And uh, <laughs> you and I happened to start up right at the beginning of an unbelievable market condition uh, that had just made us phenomenally wealthy. At least it did me. You can share your your side of it, but. Um, it's happening again right now, so I want you to explain what happened and how we dealt with it that was different than everybody else and why we were so successful with it. Because it's happening now, and I want people to do it again. So please pick that up right there. What did we run into? Well, I, as you said, very opportunistic uh, time period. We were um, you know, going through the you know the financial crisis, a lending crisis, um, and where it went from is a, you know, it provided us the opportunity to buy properties at at a significant discount. And, you know, kind of two examples of that is uh, I received a call, I believe it was Christmas Eve, from a uh, broker there in the Houston area telling me about a property, a C-class property on Northborough said it was $13,000 a door, said that number was hard because um, that's, you know, but they wanted a relatively quick sale. Um, and we wound up buying that property. We closed on it in mid-March, um, you know, so from Christmas Eve to mid-March. And, you know, in hindsight, when you look at how did we get there, and this is where that luck part comes in, I think we got that deal because I answered the phone on Christmas Eve. I know this broker. I've known him for years. I know I was not at the top of his list. So, you know, if you remember the old night court TV show and how did, you know, judge, uh, how did the judge get elected? Well, he was, you know, the 43rd person on the list and just happened to answer the phone. And so that opportunity came to us because we answered the phone. And that wound up being a very a successful investment uh, for us. Um, this same broker, a couple of years later, brought us the, uh, well, they were marketing a uh, property, in, again, in Houston that turned out to be, and I know you've told the story many times, you use this example, 
where we bought a 320-unit apartment complex for $8,000 a door. And we were able to, again, take advantage of market conditions where there were, you know, where there was minimal competition. And we were willing buyers during a time period that the number of willing buyers was not that large. And so uh, we were able to take advantage of that. You and I, um, you know, you purchased four properties uh, during this uh, time frame, and uh, all, all four of them were successful. Uh, we, you know, we've sold those several years ago. But the timing of the market, our willingness, or more so your willingness, to invest money, uh, my operations, uh, most of these properties were uh, needed to be repositioned. They had been poorly managed, uh, poorly maintained. And so we had to have a, uh, you know, we, we were able to buy them inexpensively relative at the time, uh, put a business plan in place, repositioned the properties stabilized them, and then eventually sold those for a, uh, you know, for a large profit. So um, proper preparation meets performance. Uh, proper preparation means opportunity, I mean, creates luck, right? So we yes, were prepared. Yep. We knew what we were doing. We had a plan. You and I had a plan together. We were going to build this company and do this thing. It just so happened we ran into this time period that made it incredibly profitable for us to do it during that period of time. Uh, next point I want to make out is that if I remember right, you tell me if I'm remembering this right, it seemed as though every deal we did, the price got better, starting from 26000 a door, going down from there, down to the lowest one of 8000 Am I remembering that right, or is it too far away to remember? No, you, are, you remember that uh, correctly. So I remember sitting there with you, John, <laughs> and laughing. We were literally laughing at ourselves, going, you know, this is going to ruin us, right? And uh, we both knew what was going to happen. We were getting spoiled. That, you know, real estate, you can make money with in an up market, a down market, a sideway market. It's just, it has five, six different ways to make money with real estate. All the stuff we've taught for 35 years. But we were running into this opportunity just over the top. And uh, it got better and better and better and better. Whereas people started thinking, John, how do you catch a falling knife? I think that's exactly the way they stated to me. In other words, Dell, you're buying at 26. Now you're buying at 19. Well, the 26 is, is not worth 26 anymore if it went to 19. And, and then after that, it was 14. And then after that, it was eight, you know, and on down the line, whatever. Uh, but the bottom line was they weren't really going down in value. It was other deals that were going down in value, right? It wasn't the ones we bought. They were still worth everything we paid for them. In fact, we made a profit on every deal we bought, did we not? We did. Let's talk about how your life changed. And I know that you worked hard while we put our partnership together and we did our thing. I know that for a while, you even I convinced you even consult for a while and mentor for a while. I'm sorry, not consult, but mentor for a while. Um, but then, you you know, it came and the time. And I always tell people, if you stay here at Lifestyles more than five years, you're not doing what I told you to do, which is go get rich and retire. Let's talk about what decisions in life got changed, what you decided to do, how did you end up in a motorhome, and 
how many places have you been? I mean, every time I turn around, you somewhere else. Give us the story, John. Yeah, and so it was uh, probably about four years into the, um, you know, to you and I working together and investing uh, together. Uh, we had always we like to camp. We like to do that type of stuff. Debbie was getting ready to retire as a uh, speech pathologist. And I just one day I said, you know, we've talked about getting a motor home. Uh, if we're going to buy one, it's probably better to do it while you have W-2 income and you're going to retire, you know, shortly. So let's go do it. And we went from tent camping to a 36-foot motorhome um, and, you know, and began traveling. You know, one of the things about, uh, you know, as, as I look at our investments, as I monitor our investments with technology, as long as I have cell phone service and good internet, I'm set up anywhere um, and relatively close, you know, to an airport in case I have to get back for something going on on the property. And so we started traveling in about 2013. Um, we have been to uh, 48 out of the 50 states in in the motor home. Uh, the states we have not been to are North Dakota and Hawaii. Um, we did uh, Alaska, a large trip to Alaska this past summer. And it's just, and by the way, if you have never been to Alaska, you have got to go. It is an incredible place. Um, but like I said, I, it's a, it's the best of both worlds because we can travel, we can go see the things that we want to see in the time frames that we want to see them while still remaining in touch, still able to monitor the investments through technology and you know for the alaska trip uh, we we have a starlink satellite and man what a game changer and so again it's a you know we probably in 2023 we spent about 65 percent of our time in the motorhome and uh versus our 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 house in in houston and so we spend a lot of time in it. We travel quite a bit. We've probably, again, we did Alaska this past summer, so we probably did 15,000 miles, 16,000 miles in, in 2023. And so, you, you know, what it's done, you know, in the first segment I was talking about the, you know, that repetition of I got to go to the office, you know, one of the uh, ads on the that we were listening to on the break was talking about the cubicle and you know what lifestyles has done for Debbie and me is created an environment or allowed us to create an environment where we can we can travel and we can see the things that we need to see um without having to go to the office, without having, you know, without being constrained uh, to those limitations. I want to add to this a different twist here. Um, you made a lot of friends when you're here. One of the friends you made was Scott. 
Uh, and Scott Tenney is just like you. He's all over the world. He's super retired is what I call Scott, uh, mm-hmm. to where he has houses all over the country. And he's got motorhomes and he's got. But you guys, and share with people that are motorist enthusiasts, your jeeping experience. And we've only got one minute to do this. But share with people how nice it is to be able to pick up a hobby, go all over the world to do it, Spend whatever you need to spend to get this expensive equipment to do it. Just give me give me thirty seconds of that, would you? Yeah, absolutely. Debbie and I both love to jeep and off road. We've made several trips to uh, Moab, Utah, which is the jeeping capital of the world. We have done that with uh, with Scott and Deb Tenney, who are also uh, Lifestyles members that we met through Lifestyles. We have met other members at different locations uh, on our travels. Um, you know, almost all of our, our friends today are all involved with lifestyles that are, you know, or I should say our, our Houston area friends. Um, we're currently in South Florida, and there's a group of lifestyles members that are here in South Florida as well. Great, John. We've got to go. I want to appreciate you for taking some time out to call in and help me with this new series. The rest of you out there, remember this. John Ridgway knows it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.